0: And so I'm doing this bargain bit with God. And so I kept getting this nudge of, so what about now? What about now? Are you going to talk to her now? I said, all right, Lord, if this is really you, like, of course it was God. I'm having this conversation with God, but I'm still bargaining with him about it, right? So I turned around and said, all right, God, if this is you and you want me to ask her the, the stop before I get off, if she's still sitting here, then I'll turn to her.
1: Welcome to The Prophecy Project, an Accessible Prophecy podcast. In each episode, we explore some aspect of prophecy, from theology and practical aspects of hearing God, through to leading healthy prophetic cultures and exploring how prophecy can enhance local mission. Accessible Prophecy is a global ministry that helps individuals grow in the prophetic and helps local churches grow healthy and mature prophetic cultures. And now, here are your hosts, Andrew Hill and Christine Wanstall.
0: Hello, Andrew. Good to see you again. Welcome back to the Prophecy Project. How are you, my friend? I'm
2: good. I'm very good, Chris. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Tell me what's been, uh, how's God been speaking to you in the last few weeks since we last recorded our last podcast?
2: Oh, Oh, wow, that's that's a I massive just a small, question. Just
0: a small question to start. A question I might say without notice, so that's a little unfair for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's... Can we just go beep, beep, beep? Okay, let's back the truck up. Oh, up. Hang on, it just ran over me at the same time. <laughs>
0: Do you know, I remember Rich Robinson said to me once because I'd done, we'd been doing some training with churches, I was part of a team and, um, and, and I did an intro to a listening exercise or some sort of reflective exercise and I went and sat back down and I turned to Rich and said, you know, what feedback have you got uh, around that? And he said, uh, very in-, in Rich's nice gentle way. Um, well, profits, you know, one of the things I'm aware about profits is that they can go deep really fast. Um oh, so yeah. you may want to think about just easing people into things a bit more.
2: <laughs> well, consider me eased in.
0: <laughs> so so I've just given you some easing in time. And You did.
2: That was really good. <laughs>
0: You're
2: welcome <laughs> I, Sorry, in answer to your question, which is really interesting actually because I did a, um, I did a devotion for our, for the, the uh, staff at the Baptist Union of Victoria a couple of weeks ago actually and centered around around Psalm 23 which and I didn't center around the whole thing, but just that just that sense of um, God knowing what you need when you need it. Wow. You know, like, for example, in Psalm 23, uh, it says he, uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. And, and at the time, um, I, I sort of sat there and I go, yeah, well, of course, green pastures. Yeah. But green is green pastures are better than, you know, arid plains, you know, because they're comfortable, but they're lush feed and that's better for sheep. And I'm no sheep farmer, so you know, don't. I'm not trying to be all agricultural here for those of you who are listening, because you can pick it to death, probably. But um, that whole idea of you know long green grass. I don't know if you've let if you've lay in long green grass. If you have hay fever, you probably haven't. If you're a hay fever sufferer, you probably haven't. But occasionally, I have laid down in long green grass, and it is it's really refreshing. It's quite cathartic, and it's soft. Um, and yes, it does make you sneeze and go all, you know, um, teary and all that sort of stuff because of the, the, the smell that comes out of the grass. But it, for a sheep, that is a good place. So you're yeah. surrounded by lush feet. But then that whole idea of being able to, um, you know, besides still waters, I, I didn't know this beforehand, but sheep can't drink from rushing water. Ah. Uh-huh. They actually have to drink from a pool of still water. And I'm told that is correct. And so it's not, you know, you Everyone walk, you walk is now just the...
0: Googling sheep drinking water. You do know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And you can find it. Yes. There. Hey, Australia was, you know, founded off the sheep's back. So, you know, and troughs of water were renowned being in Australia. And, so, and honestly, sheep drink from still water, not from rushing streams. They won't drink from a rushing stream. And so this whole idea of actually he knows what you need but he knows how you need it. And so that whole idea for me over the past couple of weeks has, um, you know, as just you go through life and, you know, different changes that happen and possibilities that raise their head and, you know, things that could happen and might happen, um, you know, come across your desk, you get to that point of going, okay, well, God knows what I need and he knows how I need it. He knows my personality. He knows my leadership style, blah, blah, blah. And and I, I've actually been listening to this song, cont- not on repeat, but um, pretty continually over the last little while, which is called The Goodness of God by Bethel. And, um, you know, that whole idea that his goodness, you know, chases after me, his goodness is there, his goodness has followed me all the days of my life. And so, you know, if that's happened all the way through so far as I follow Jesus, it's going to continue. I just I just sit there and go, there will be bumps, there will be troughs, there will be ups and downs and all of those things. And yet his goodness is there for me. So there you go. That's There's awesome. my little thing. Okay, Chris. Now what about you? <laughs> <laughs> You've had think time.
0: <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because I love the fact that um, I was saying this to a group that I coached last night, that no matter how how long we've been meeting together, uh, God constantly has facets that he wants to reveal to us. And there's constantly, um, you know, not all the time, but there are seasons where there are new songs that God is singing over us. And um, so one of the themes that I feel like God's been speaking to me about over the last couple of weeks is really about joy and that sense of God actually this image of God is singing joy over me and uh, you know yeah. really so I think about that as being personal uh, covenant words you know God is is trying to uh, dig into me stuff around how he sees me and how he's interacting with me um because yeah. I, and it comes back to, to how do we view God. Uh, you know, I think last time I talked about the fact that I'd been in a church over in Adelaide and I was um, preaching around, and part of what I preached about was the nature of God. So if we're going to hear God, yeah. we actually have to start with who God is and that he's highly relational. And I feel like that actually yeah. God is just continuing to unpeel or, or reveal some yeah. of that, you know, more of that nature to me and and so if i think about uh romans fifteen thirteen that talks about you know has this sense of out of the overflow of god pouring hope and and love on us uh, i am doing the one still That's paraphrase cool. um but for there to be the overflow there has to be the flow like god has to actually yeah. pour that into us or, or we have to sort of have a posture of being open to God revealing that to us in the first place and so for me there's been a real sense of embracing uh, life as a bit of a seeing things as an adventure you know how is God revealing himself and where is he already at work and how do I join in with that the Missio dei stuff I'm continually reminded that mission is not our job it's God's job and he gets us to partner with him and so yeah there's just been a whole lot of reminders about the nature of god and how i relate to him in that sense of covenant and kingdom space you know the responsibility that he wants to give us and um how he wants to continue to invest in us and um yeah it's awesome
2: yeah
0: that's amazing yeah so good yeah Wow. Yeah, and I was
2: like, "That didn't sound like an answer that you'd prepared earlier. That sounded like it was more
0: processing as I
2: (laughs) as I'm doing this." Yeah,
0: that's good. It was like when you said what, and I knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. I knew you were going to say, "So what about you?" And I was so invested in hearing you, Andrew, and listening to you that when you said that, I went, "Oh no! Oh yeah!" Uh, <laughs> but, I, like, that's yeah, the other thing that strikes me about the prophetic. Um, and years ago, being challenged around how is God at work in our lives today? Um, because yeah. the prophetic stuff brings the element of now, like, it's God's voice into our current reality and, um, you know, speaking to aspects. God does want to speak into aspects of our past and our future, but a lot of stuff God's speaking about our present and our current reality and bringing that sense of vibrancy and and recognising the Holy Spirit with us. Um, And where was I going with this? Oh, there was, there's, see, I get on a train of thought and then I forget where I'm headed with it. Um, That's all right.
2: God knows where you're headed.
0: (laughs) Oh, does he? Can he just show me? I think
2: he does. Yeah. Well, when you're on a train, you're trusting that it is actually going to go in the right direction and land at the right station at the end, uh, but you're not driving it. So sometimes it does take a detour.
0: Yeah, I feel like the switch has just gone. (laughs) It just got (laughs) switched off. Um, Oh, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. I if, and if kids, I spoke long enough, you. I know that's exactly right. If my kids are listening to this, they're going, "Oh, mom, come on!" <laughs> Here she goes again. Um, so I think you know when we're when we think about our Christian walk, um, some of the stuff that that became so real to me about the power of the prophetic around it being now. If someone had said to me 10 years ago, how is God moving in your life? Or even 15 years ago, maybe, I would have gone, well, back in 1982, (laughs) I was in a church service and, you know, I feel like God is sort of saying but I'm not really sure. And so I would have probably talked about instances in the past. But when you sort of said, well, what's God doing? What's God been saying to you the last few weeks? Because I've worked yeah. really hard at being aware of God in current reality, um, you know, mm. if I come across people in my daily life, I really hope that those sort of other the stories that come out, that they're the reality of not God working in 1982 but actually God is working in my life now um, because yeah. that that brings such a powerful testimony to others about, oh, if that's happened to Christine yesterday, then surely that can happen to me today. Um, Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's a good, so if you're listening to this, maybe just pause the recording for a couple of minutes and just think about how has God been speaking to you? Where has he been at work in your life over the last few weeks? And is there someone that you know that you feel like you want to share that with? Because it's in the sharing of our testimony that actually people get encouraged and and can really see who God is and how God, how God is at work. Um, yeah. What That's would you good. say in uh, that missional space, that sort of sharing space, Andrew?
2: Um, <clears throat> in turn, term, in terms of what he's been doing, and um, yeah, or any in, tips in, for in people.
0: My, in, uh, any tips for people about what? has helped you.
2: Oh, I think I think there's lots of different areas that that God, you know, when it, when I talk about he knows what you need and he knows when you need it and how you need it. That sort of those three things. I mean, I I've sat with this oh, I think on the last podcast I talked about the fact that I was able to zip up to cans and, you know, all that um, and uh, when I was when I was able to do that, and had that, and I, I definitely had an had an encounter with God that weekend, um, a fresh encounter with God. Um, but I think for me, it was just that reassurance of actually, God knows what He's doing, you know. And so then being able to sit in that passage for a little bit longer, and I don't know how um, God speaks to other people, but I find sometimes I find He want He wants me to sit in a passage because He needs me to know more than what I've heard before or more than what i've just uncovered you know maybe i've just scratched the surface a little bit there's more that he wants out and so it, it's almost like trying to move on and i try and move on okay oh why am i why am i being drawn back here again why is that keep going in my mind why am i still asking questions of that particular passage so i sit there and i ask him questions around the around the verses why the green lush grass why not arid dirt? Why? Why still? Why still water? Why? why still water? Like, surely sparkling, and bubbling water is best, you know. <laughs> so, so. But actually, no. He knows what you need when you need it and how you need it. And so, I'm like, ah, oh, okay. And so then, in that missional space, you know, when I'm talking with church planters at the moment in the area of micro churches, which are just popping up, honestly. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard about microchurches, they're popping up all over the world. It is a, it is definitely a move of God that is taking hold across the world at the moment, and I'm fortunate enough to deal with a lot of these planters, and they're finding this. They're finding he knows what we need, when we need it, and how we need it, and I think he's doing that for people who maybe have wandered away from church, not God, during COVID, And are looking for a different mode of connecting back with people and with their god so in new and fresh ways which is really interesting and so i think that's an encouraging passage for a lot of people
0: yeah it's a really did that answer your
2: question or was that just a blah
0: blah blah (laughs) Uh, 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 if it was blah 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 i'm not quite sure what to say (laughs) No, it was awesome, Andrew. It was fantastic. Okay. It was great. <laughs> Good. Um,
2: Good answer. Good
0: answer. <laughs> uh, 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 you should see a sitting around dining table. Um, we, so um, I don't know where I was going with that. So when we think about church, like small church, big church, I love that sense of thinking about God knows what we need and he knows um, how to give it to us and making sure we're in that receiving posture. Um, I've been pondering the last few days, uh, a comment or conversation that Kath had in her podcast with us around um, trying to help disciple prophets and the roles of prophets in churches Mm -hmm. and and often when I go out, and because I know we've talked about this quite a lot, about how in churches um, prophets have either been problematic or the way that prophecy has been stewarded has created some issues. So churches either ignore it or it's really valued and it's almost overvalued. And so how do we find this place where um, where prophecy is valued and seen as one of the gifts? like Brandon Kelly talked about with the fivefold gifting. Yeah. So the question that popped into my head was knowing what I know now about prophets and prophecy, what would I have done in my leadership or in church life years ago? How would that have changed what I'd previously done in dealing with prophets and prophecy? Does that make sense?
2: That is, yeah, yeah, and it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic question, and I think there's, oh, this is probably, this is probably a question that you could examine over a number of podcasts because I think there are numbers of uh, uh, layers to it. It's like an onion, you know. You peel back one layer, there's another layer. Peel back and one, there's another one. Um, but I. Having been in in church leadership and probably more that you know mega church leadership um, over numbers of years, I, I've seen things done well, and I, I've seen things that haven't been done so well, um, and and I think some of it some of it comes down to oh, maybe lack of understanding. Um, maybe our immaturity, the fact that we deal with human beings and so, you know, we do get things wrong and we misunderstand it. Like, do you know what I mean? Now, yeah. I'm, now yeah. I'm starting to peel back the yeah. layers. And, you know, and I think we talked uh, in another podcast about, you know, that whole idea of control and so, you know, how much of that versus empowerment takes place. And I, I probably in my ministry life and in my leadership in ministry i've probably erred on the end of empowerment okay if that makes sense yeah so i'll give you an example i was i was young adults pastor at crossway that was i moved from Careforce church to crossway took on the role of young adults pastor had an amazing crew of young adults 18 to 35s um, but particularly worked more closely with the 18 to uh, to probably 30 age group at the time and and I had one um one younger lady who um I I could see there was a gift of God in her life and you know that she was going to go into church ministry, no doubt, you know, and I recognized that. And so I started to I started to put her up front. You know, I had but I hadn't so I'd empowered her to lead. You know, like I'd said, you can do this, you know, you've seen it done, da da da. But what I didn't necessarily do was walk with her close okay. enough in the process okay so I put her up front one night and she's like um uh, um looked down at her notes a lot so we saw the top of her head you know those sorts of things and so I just hadn't walked with her closely enough to bring to set her up for a win and I, I actually went to her afterwards and I said oh look you know look you did you did good don't 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 feel bad about it I think I didn't set you up well for that and so oh, I'm sorry I didn't set you up well for that. And and so then, but I said, but from here on in, we're going to work closer together on this. And so rather than say, because this is what can happen, oh, you didn't do it well enough, so you're not doing it again, that's it, yeah, okay, yeah, as opposed to doing that, Actually, as a leader, I think this is the task of leadership for us to set people up well, not control them, but walk with them, coach them, dialogue with them, give them little bits along the way rather than just throw them in the deep end, which unfortunately I did in that circumstance. And so I think for me the same comes when we think of the prophetic. We go, oh, that person's got a gift on their life. Great, go for it. And they're not mature enough to carry the whole thing and they're not um, even secure enough or maybe maybe they haven't publicly delivered anything before and so they get up there and their nerves are shaking and they're fumbling and so they just go with what they, they think they know and then all of a sudden they're talking about things that they probably shouldn't be talking about and they're rambling and everyone's going, oh, this is awkward. Do you know what I mean? As I- opposed to walking with them, dialoguing this, talking behind the scenes, coaching them, okay, how would you deliver that? You know, if you need to have dot points, write the dot point. You know what I mean? And so it's trying to walk with people to set not only, and this is not, up. I know some people will go, "Oh, Andrew, that's a bit controlling. I think it's actually more than that. I think it's trying to set people up for a win so well. that when they deliver something,
0: What I was going to say is that it actually sounds like discipleship. Like that sounds like a learning process and setting people up to learn and understand and improve in skills as opposed to you're now a leader, off you go. So it's interesting you talked about, you know, when prophecy standing up the front and, and delivering prophecies. So my experience in a church, a previous church, was um, you know, when, when this prophetic gift within me was called out by uh, a lecturer that I had at college, um, mm-hmm. I went back to my senior pastor at the time because it was really a really profound thing for me. It was a real moment where God broke through for me around recognising how he'd gifted me. So I went back to my senior pastor and said, look, this is what they've said. And he totally affirmed it. He said, I reckon the Holy Spirit's moving on you. I reckon that this is really a word from God. And then Great. within a week or two, basically was looking at me during our evening services at the time were a bit more uh, free flowing, a bit more informal. And so during one of the evening services, he looked at me and said, Chris, have you got anything to share? And he threw me in the deeper hint. like it really was not. <laughs> like I'm hearing you going that going, I've been on the other side of that, Andrew, and really
2: it's not pleasant. Um, it's not.
0: It really was like I was terrified and and then because for me it almost set up this sense of people looking at me as, oh, Chris hears from God. Wow. She must be special. Let me go to her to hear what God has to say. Um, and it set up this dynamic almost like the priest intervening for the people in God. Oh, yeah. and God. Yeah. Um, and so, what I know now, and hearing what you're saying, I sit there going, This is about discipleship. You know, this is actually about us helping people identify their gifts, um, learn how to steward their gift, like any skill, like preaching. If we've got it, mm-hmm. like we talked before about, if we've got a teacher, who, you know, we feel like they should be preaching, we don't just go and expect them to preach. We help them. And it's exactly the same with prophets. So if I knew now, I probably would be kinder on myself around what I expected of myself. But I also, with people around me, um, I'd be keen to manage their expectations (laughs) around my development um, and actually yeah. pushing in to getting them to hear God for themselves rather than feeling that pressure on myself to deliver. Yeah, I, I probably would push back with the leaders and say, Hey, stop treating me like the you know, the toy that you wind up and set off to go. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible, yeah, but you know, yeah. like the Christmas tree to entertain. absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, But I would say that prophecy was only valued in a certain space like the upfront and that the power of prophecy actually is in the everyday and the power of prophecy is in the um, discernment as a community together so that we can all hear God and recognise what he's saying. So I probably would go broader and deeper around valuing the gift but then recognising it within a learning culture as a church that we are developing and actually we need to allow people to fail in that space, yeah. um, but also steward them well and put some boundaries in place so that people can play. So you talk about, you know, leading the sheep, Psalm 23, Jesus leads us beside quiet waters, but... um you know, in Australia, we have fences so that sheep don't go astray, because mm. the distance is so vast. And sometimes I think that's what we need in churches is that we need some fences. But basically, within those fences, you can do anything you like, as to to yeah. glorify God and to to minister in the giftings that we have. So, there's my rant.
2: Yeah, no, that's. I think that's. I think that's really, really good. And I, I will, I, I'll. I'll back it up by saying it, with these young adults and one of the things that I learned is that because people people are in their contexts every single day and I think that whole idea of empowering people to hear from God for their context every day, like one of the things I used to say to our young adults was that, um, you know, I long for the day when they'll be sitting in lectures and they'll be sitting next to someone who maybe they know or maybe they don't know that well and they go, God, What's going on with this person next door to me? And they just ask. And, and God either just gives them that sense of, you need to pray for them. Yep. You don't know what's going on. You just need to pray for them. So ask or actually this. And, you know, and so, th- and this can happen in any situation. It can happen at work. It can happen at totally. your know, mother's group or wherever you are. And I just think if we were, I mean, the, the, The Bible talks about, you know, prayer without, pray without ceasing. I think that's that be in communication with me all of the time because you don't know who's going to come across your path. And so I sit there and I go, that is the beauty of the prophetic. It's not just the upfront thing. It's not just reserved for, you know, when the music strikes this particular chord and oh my goodness, the spirit's just moving right there. It is for the everyday, just like, I think, the evangelist and the apostolic and the shepherd. And so I I would sit there and I'd, I'd encourage them, go, God, what are you doing? What do you want me to say to this person next to me? And wait. And it might take you the whole lecture, but you go at the end of the lecture, God, I just sense, you know, that I wanted to talk to you and, you know, is everything okay at home? Or, you know, ask them a question about what's going on in their life. And if they go, oh, well, you know, look, I don't want to go into it, but, yeah, it's not great at home, can I just pray for you? I'm a Christian, believe in God, believe in the power of God. Can I just pray for you? You just never know the response. And and go there and just be obedient in those little steps because I think that's all part of then helping because the Holy Spirit goes before us in everything that we do yeah so he's going before you in the universities in the mother's group in your workplace in your homes um with your friends with your relationships and so i would just rely on him
0: i I think that's the beauty of what you just said yeah exactly it reminds me of a story when i was um years ago i used to catch the train into the city four days a week and so during this time god was uh, you know, I was really going through exactly what you're saying. God, how do I be more aware of you in my everyday life? How do I have conversations in my everyday life? And so once on the train trip back home uh, at night, I was sitting. So there are a group of six seats, like the seats are facing each other. And the train was packed, right? It's peak hour. And so I'm sitting in one of these seats and I'm having this conversation with God about God put, what do you want me to know about this train, like about people on the train? And so the thought popped in my head, if you were going to pray for someone around you, who would you offer to pray with? And there was a woman sitting next to me and I sort of went, oh, actually probably her. And then I'm like, there's too many people around God. Like there's no way I'm going to turn around to her in a packed train and say, and so I had this conversation with God about, well, what would I say to her? Um
2: yeah.
0: and then this thought came into my mind, why don't you just ask her, is there anything you can pray for her about? I went, Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I think I can do that. Um, but I'm not going to be God because there's too many people around. And so as we got closer to home, um, she was still sitting there and then every person in the train started getting off. And then it got to like three stops before mine. And so I'm doing this bargain bit with God. And so I kept getting this nudge of, so what about now? What about now? Are you going to talk to her now? I said, all right, Lord, if this is really you, like, of course it was God. I'm having this conversation (laughs) with God, but I'm still bargaining with him about it, right? So I turned around and said, all right, God, if this is you and you want me to ask her, the stop before I get off, if she's still sitting here, then I'll turn to her. All right, so what happened is that every single other person in this group of six seats left. She was the only one sitting next to me. <laughs> the stop before mine. Because <laughs> I thought, I, you know, in my logical brain, I thought, worst case scenario, it'll be a minute and a half of really awkward silence. Um, yeah, I can cope yeah. with that. So anyway, we pull out of the station, I turn to her, look, and this is what I said, I just feel really compelled to ask you, is there anything I can pray for you about? She just went, my daughter's just broken up with a partner, we're all devastated, she's really upset, could you pray for her? And I went, Wow! can I pray for you now? And she said, that would be great. Wow! So that's amazing. I sat there and and prayed with her and just prayed God's blessing and um and just said to her at the end of this prayer, please let your daughter know. Like I just didn't even know her daughter's name. Please let your daughter know that I'll be praying for her and that God is with her. Yeah. And then the train pulled into my station. I got up. I I got off, and part of me went. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. And the other part was, <laughs> oh, that poor girl, that's terrible. <laughs> wow. Um, so it really was that's that, incredible. like, it was a really interesting thing of God taking me through this, you know, why are you bargaining, Chris, if you know it's me speaking? Why not just step into that space? Yeah. And then seeing yeah. how God just went, it's okay, I'll make it safe for you. Um, you can push into that space and you can have confidence in what you you think you're hearing to really step in further. And so I think just just going, God is speaking to our now, um, yeah. that was totally off topic, but, but it's a good reminder that God actually wants us to thrive in our everyday lives and he wants yeah, to he speak into our everyday lives. And so how do we help the people yeah. in our church engage with him and recognise his voice? And I probably, my tip would be, We need to see it as a discipling, learning, improving process um, rather than a fail, "Ah, you're out. Um, Yeah. So any final thoughts on this topic, Andrew?
2: No, again, I would say that whole idea of even start with the small, start small. And, you know, if you're feeling like, I think God may have given me, you know, this prophetic edge, like, you know, i I don't, I don't feel like I'm a prophet. I, I really don't. I don't feel like I have that, you know, uh, gifting, but I do feel like I have a prophetic <laughs> sorry, edge. So what you know. sort of
0: gifting was that?
2: <laughs> yeah. That was the chord. That was the G chord. The G minor, no, uh, G major, G minor. I don't know. Whatever that, that chord is, you know, you're the worship leader, not me. Anyway, um, see how I threw that back to you. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I would say I have a prophetic edge to my ministry and so I I I seek and I pray and I ask and I trust and at the same time I exercise that. Yeah. So um so those those things, you know, and I again I start I started small. I'm just like like I remember the first time I ever felt like I got a word for someone which actually I think the word was for me. Um but I was, you know, i was in this prayer meeting, I was in this church service actually, and, you know, we're singing away and blah, 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 and I just looked over at this guy who was actually a friend and I didn't really know what was going on in his life and I I got this passage um, and walked over to him and I said, look, I think I think God wants me to share this with you. I don't know why, um, but anyway, I'll give it to you and see what happens. And after I said it to him, I felt like God says, hey, you dummy, that was for you, <laughs> <laughs> not for him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no worries. Well, I get, I read it out loud, and you know, um, and so sometimes I th- I think it's just a matter of starting small. He was a trusted friend enough to probably go, yeah, you dummy, that's for you. <laughs> and but he was gracious enough to go, thank you, really appreciate you doing that.
0: Yeah.
2: And so I just I but you know don't expect the big you know the loud the yeah. sensational
0: yeah first
2: time every time. I would just go. You know, start small. It's the mustard seed. It's the, yeah. you know, the little bit of leaven that can impact the whole loaf. And I'd start there and see where it goes.
0: Good advice. What about you? I, I think exactly that. Start start with what you have. And um, I guess I'd say to leaders, it's just really important, particularly with nuisance profits or people that are stones in your shoe, to engage with them in, in really healthy um, healthy ways to try and develop a dialogue and a conversation um, and recognise that the gifting or even frame the gifting in that development in that development way and try and find resources that actually can help guide some of the development process like our prophetic lifestyle course or the prophecy course or some of the blog material that we've got on, on the website. Like, there's lots of resources out there that can help shape and develop rather than um, try and manage, because I think sometimes when prophecy is not stewarded well, it's either dismissed or it's just managed and tolerated. And so we don't want that. Yeah. We want it to be seen in community and bringing vibrancy into community in our churches. Um, yeah. So it's on good. that note, it's really good. On that note, I think we're. We're done for the day. It's been a good conversation. Sounds like it. Hey, it in has. our coming up podcast, we're going to speak to Kath Livesey about her new book, Holy Disruption. And, um, and it's going to be an awesome conversation just to hear some new thoughts and material for her. So we look forward to that. Thanks, Andrew.
2: Yeah. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Enjoy the rest of the day. You too.
1: Thank you for listening to The Prophecy Project. We hope you've been encouraged as you've listened today. We would love to connect with you. You can do that by following Accessible Prophecy on Instagram and Facebook. If you have a question or topic you would like us to cover, please check the podcast information description for ways that you can connect with us and for links to resources, workshops and coaching. We hope you'll join us for the next Prophecy Project podcast.